Hi. Welcome to episode 3 of The Crow's Nest. I've talked a lot so far about community. That's because it's really important to me. Growing up, I didn't live with any siblings my age. You know, I, I was sort of up to the mercy of kids on the block for social interaction. And I was a little odd, so they didn't like me very much. So I grew up a little lonely. So when I became an adult and, you know, in control, the first thing I did was... The first thing I did was was search for a community to support me that I could support in turn. And becoming part of, of Guelph's very strong sharing economy through the Guelph Tool Library really improved my life and I, it helped me find a purpose. Um, so I'm very passionate about the idea of community and supporting your community. And um, that's why I'm really excited to have our, our next guests today, which are Jules and Dee from Press for Time Paninis, which is a local panini shop in Guelph, Ontario. These are two women with combined over 30 years of experience in the service industry. And so I, I'm, I'm very excited to hear about how they have really connected with the Guelph community. You can tell just by talking to them how genuine and talented and committed they are to supporting the people that support them. You can tell how, how sincerely grateful they are for every person who supports them, every person who buys a panini and, and posts it on social media and gives them good reviews. They have a genuine thankfulness for their community that I think is very appreciated. And so I'm really excited to talk to them specifically about how they have used that connection to support their community during COVID. And they've started some new programs within their business to help people, especially during these hard times. So we're going to get into that. Let's get started. Hi guys, I'll get you to introduce yourself for the audience. I am Dee. And I'm Jules. Welcome on to the Crow's Nest. It's super awesome to have you here. Yeah, yeah awesome. Is the Crow's Nest new? We were curious about that. that yeah, a- so you guys will be like the third episode total. We didn't even really know anything about it until Steph, Steph was coming into the shop and she started talking about it. And it's a really cool um, tool, I guess, for for the community. And Yeah, it really is. And Steph is like a walking advertisement for it everywhere yes, she goes. She is, yeah. She's <laughs> the absolute rock star. Yeah, we're big fans of hers. We actually did a, a beeswax workshop and she ran it um, on her own, but through the tool library and we, we hosted it um at our shop here. Awesome. It went well. Yeah, it was awesome. So you guys, how long have you guys been operating? We have been uh, open for almost two years. We opened uh, in July 2018. (laughs) We incorporated before that in November 2017. But yeah, uh, since we've had the actual brick and mortar shop, it's been almost two years. Well, congratulations. Thank Thank you. you. And how's it been going? Are you, I mean, are you having fun? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of hard work, as we know, we've been in the restaurant industry for quite a while. So it, that was no surprise. But the amount, how rewarding it is, I think, was a little bit more of a surprise. And our customers are so amazing and so loyal. And this downtown is so community connected. And it's been a real surprise in that in that regard with other local business owners as well just being so supportive and working together yeah absolutely guelph has i found one of the most unique just like tightly knit communities especially the downtown area it's incredible yeah yeah we looked at some other places 
uh, to open up shop. And then the more we thought about it, we thought, no, we, we want to be downtown Guelph and a part of this wonderful community that they've built. Yeah, are you guys from Guelph? I, I am born and raised here, went to university here, uh, never left. I love it. Yeah. I grew up in Niagara-on-the-Lake and have been in the net of Guelph for the last eight years and definitely put some roots down with the, the panini shop. So I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the bigger roots I think you can put down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much uh, the biggest commitment I've made for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... I've always been kind of curious, why panini specifically? We were chatting about that today, actually. And uh, it, it was one of the hardest things for us to come up um, with a concept of what we wanted to do for a restaurant. And uh, they're just so versatile and we can put any flavors inside. Um, and we like to experiment with a lot of different cuisines from around the world. So we can put different flavors in and it could be sweet or savory. They're easy to hold because we have them in a wrap. So they're not super messy for a lot of our clientele are uh, business professionals, so kind of kept that in mind too, kind of keeping it all neat. Yeah, and they're so delicious. They are, I was so surprised. I don't think I'd really been into paninis before trying yours, and I think I had the 519, and it was actually mind-blowing. Yeah. It changed my life a little bit. Yeah, the club, the club is a fan favorite. We've had that one since we've opened. We've tried to uh, change the menu with the seasons, and there are some that we know we can't get rid of because uh, it would create madness. <laughs> the club is one It'd of them. It'd be like a pandemic. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, so how did the two of you guys meet? Oh, uh, we met working together at another restaurant downtown, actually. Oh, cool. At, yeah, at the works. So we started, uh, Julie started when it opened. Yep. And then I started a couple months after in the summer. So, yeah, we've known each other for eight years, right a little now, bit over yeah. eight years, and worked together for that long. And it was a really nice way to kind of test out without knowing that we were testing it out, but <laughs> see how well we could work together. And if we shared the same kind of values and morals and cooking styles. And Dee and I actually worked at the Milton location too. Yeah. So we worked at the Guelph Works location and then the same owners own um, the one in Milton. So we actually went there when they opened up and kind of helped them open that one up as well so yeah we we've been around with them too and those yeah. they're very very good people to work yeah. for super supportive the owner here matt he he helped us a lot we we consider him a mentor but yeah he helped us and encouraged us and pushed us to to go and find something new for ourselves so without him i don't think we would be here that's so heartwarming it's yeah. a it's a family there and even though we don't we don't work there anymore, we still consider them family, and I think they think hopefully they think the same of us as well. <laughs> hopefully, you guys must have been in the service industry for pretty long then. Yeah, yeah. Growing up in Niagara on the Lake, I kind of always had a part in it. Um, yeah, even before I could probably legally work. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it was kind of ingrained, and uh, I went to school for traveling tourism, but then kind of always came back to the hospitality industry. Same type of thing for me where I actually, the first job I had, yeah, I shouldn't have been working, uh, but it was, it was at a winery crushing grapes. I only did that for a little bit, but have always been in the service industry and then studied uh, hospitality at the University of Guelph as well. And uh, look at us now. Now we've opened a restaurant. So Wow, yeah, that's that's sort of the hospitality golden path. Yeah. So being small business owners, have you run into any challenges that you wouldn't have expected to? I think it was 
kind of with what we said at the beginning of um, I think the support of the local business and it was kind of surprising to feel this community over competition mm-hmm. um, and and just seeing how how well received we were in the community and that people really enjoy knowing the face behind the business and who's actually cooking their food where I think we expected some more challenges in running the business but I think we that's kind of what we were already doing working at other restaurants and especially for D as a manager but I think it was it was more so getting it going was more difficult yeah. than actually yeah I doing agree. it that coming up with the business plan and the concept and and was harder for us because we had a lot of ideas and and we did have a few people say like whatever you choose to do you will be amazing at it but the hardest part is going to be deciding what to do so i would say that was probably the most challenging and then like julie said the this community support over competition that we've noticed in the community has has been the most nice and unexpected uh surprise that we could have asked for i think i think the challenges more so come with just learning as you go and taking every day for what it is and each week changes especially now with everything with COVID-19 that's happening and knowing what days we can actually order from our suppliers and making sure that the people that are you know our reps whether or not they're actually still operating they usually do or if they're isolating so that's that's certainly been a challenge of just kind of redesigning the business and just sort of pivoting and and trying new things and just staying above water as best we can. Yeah, definitely. Tell me more about COVID and how it's affected Press for Time. Well, when it all kind of started happening, we we did shut down for a couple of days. We thought it was a smart idea to gather all the information that we could and, and try and make an educated decision on whether or not we wanted to be open or even if we were able to be open. And uh, we had been in chats with a lot of other local business owners to try help us make that decision. Um, so after we took, I think it was three days, we were closed. We decided to reopen the following Monday. And uh, we essentially shifted our business model and added on um, different avenues. Business, for example, before COVID, we offered grilled wrap paninis, salad sandwiches, sorry, salads and soups and sweets. And then since then we have added on prepared take home meals for people. We're doing a produce basket that we offer folks to order through our online shop and then they can come pick it up, do a curbside pickup for that on Fridays. Uh, we're also doing a collaboration with Royal City Brewing where we're offering panini and beer kits for folks so we just we keep adding on it seems like we keep adding on little things every week but and we've gotten so far we've gotten a positive reaction to everything the produce baskets seem to be doing quite well I think people people are afraid and and they don't want to go out there and we've heard a lot of uh, stories about people going to the grocery store and having to wait in long lineups and get in there and you might not find everything that you need so there's some sort of comfort in cutting out the middleman, I guess, or having people come directly to us for those essentials. Really scary, the uncertainty of just going out of your home and going to the grocery store and how that's become so much more of you know something to cause fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and your personal safety too, right? It's- yeah, it's become like a, a risk. And so for you guys to be offering this service to the community, 
I don't know, just really heartwarming. Yeah, thank you for saying that. It's nice to feel like we are making a difference because we are putting ourselves on the line too. And we've we've never had any staff since we've opened. So it's just the two of us that are that are operating it as well. And it's just nice to feel that there is a need for people. And we have a couple customers who are elderly and don't have kitchens to cook in and they rely on us. And we have one customer in particular who the first week we were back open, we were, he was here every day, five days. We're open Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And he mm-hmm. was here every day and he's still in here a couple times a week stocking up on prepared meals. And it's just, uh, he's he's super grateful to have us. And he's certainly not the only one as well. Like there's healthcare professionals that are working insane hours and 18 hour shifts. And the last thing they want to do is cook. So it, it feels um, great to be able to help. Yeah, and the way that you're doing it is uh, even so much better than just going to the grocery store and having to grab another frozen prepared meal or more canned soup. Whereas ordering from your favorite restaurant and getting like take home versions of those meals is so much more uplifting and much more makes you feel like a person again. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, our our accountant said that too. Like, just keep doing what you're doing because you're you're bringing some kind of normalcy to people's lives that. Not every aspect of their their life has changed. It really helps people get through it. It's just some some part of the routine, like some part of being able to, like I used to go to like cafes every single day and that's where I sat and worked. And just even that, you know, small part of the disruption has been so tumultuous. Yeah. And to bring back like mac and cheese and and paninis and produce boxes is so awesome. I'm just like, it it makes me so excited. And people just, I feel like do like I feel like people just want comfort and like I mean we know liquor sales are up and there's Guelph has so many breweries and it's great to see and especially because we've collaborated with some of them or pretty much all of them throughout our time here but it's I mean they're they're busy too and it's like people just want to eat and drink and feel yeah comfort in some way kind of on what Julie said a lot of the prepared meals that we're offering are meals that people come in and they say, I used to eat this when I was a kid and like my mom or dad would make this for me. And and so it, for some reason I've been craving it and I'm just so happy that I can find it here. The like the lasagnas, the shepherd's pie and the mac and cheese. We've heard that quite a, a bit over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you're really providing like mental well-being through through like comfort food. Well, and we're hilarious. I mean, I don't know if you've looked at our Instagram, but if you're having a bad day, you just stop in. <laughs> to be able to provide those connections now that we can't get them on a face-to-face basis. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the sort of thing that places like like this in the tool library where I can like mm-hmm. go to them and, you know, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Guelph still exists outside my door. Right. The uncertainty is tough, I think, as well. We don't know how long this is going to last, so got to keep doing what we're doing for as long as we can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I ask everyone who comes on the podcast what their favorite tool is. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. yeah, it doesn't have to be from the tool library. It can be like your favorite cooking utensil or like a special pencil or whatever you want. Hmm. See, and that's funny when I thought, I think I immediately was like, well, what kitchen tool? But yeah. I hadn't even thought of something outside. But I think it's still going to be the same thing. <laughs> I don't know. I think, well, first thought was in the kitchen. I, first thing that came to my mind was a microplane grater. So uh, it's a certain brand, but they're very, uh, I think the owner, I think they were first developed as a razor, but anyway, they're they're really great in the kitchen for 
hard cheeses or garlic or frozen ginger, chocolate, lemon, orange zest. Wow, love that. No, I don't know. I don't know that you threw me in a loop there with the that it could be anything. <laughs> I'm. I was going to say we have um, a peeler. It's called a Y peeler, and it's named that because of the shape. Uh, it just essentially looks like a Y, and it's it's this. That serves the same purpose as any other peeler, but for some reason they're just much easier to use and than than a normal peeler. And same thing with the microplane, like it's something we use every day here, and it's nice. You can create like some some cool strands as well if you want to do some decorating and or some uh, garnishing, more more or less. Quality kitchen appliances and and tools have honestly kind of changed my life. Yeah, <laughs> like I definitely used to be in camp IKEA, just you know get something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. And then I I went to my friend's house and she had like good knives and, you know, quality equipment. And I was like, wow, suddenly I don't hate cooking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah, you need the right tool for the job. Yeah, I thought it was me the whole time, but it was yeah. it was my tools. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always blame the tool. Although Dee is really good with a hammer, too, I have to say. I was going to, so, well, when yeah. you said it, I was like, oh, I'm pretty handy. So maybe a drill or a hammer, well, but yeah. I, uh... I don't know. I, I don't think I could pick just one. Which I also really like a flashlight. I like a good flashlight. Maybe one of those headlight. Like, yeah, a headlamp. Those ones are real bright. They yeah. are great. <laughs> do you guys have, I don't actually know, do you guys have two library memberships? We do no. not. No. Oh. I know. <laughs> well, tell us more. I guess that should have been the first question, hey? Well, I'm actually going to be canceling this interview completely now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> We're hoping to be a vendor at Hillside this year, actually, and and we did get accepted, but we're going to assume that that might not be happening. We either looked at the tool library or maybe asked Steph about like little pieces of equipment that we don't have here, but that we would maybe need for an, an outdoor event of that magnitude. And uh, I, honestly, I, I, now I'm regretting starting this because I don't know if you guys had what we needed, but no. um, it was really interesting to see. Like, I think I thought it was only um, hardware, like tools. Mm-hmm. And then that's when she, I, maybe that's how it came up. And, and she said like, no, we've got a bunch of like kitchen tools, things like you can take home and do crafts with. So it was really neat. We, uh, we have been wanting to come check it out. And we know a couple different people that volunteer there and run different workshops. So I think it would be pretty awesome when uh, everything gets back to normal to go actually finally check it out. But we've been on the website a few times and done some workshops. But I recommend that everybody at least give it a shot. Do you need a membership to rent tools or... Yeah, so you need a membership just to rent the tools. Um, You can rent out 10 at a time and unlimited amount in the year. Um, It's $40 a year. And which, yeah, it's so cheap when you consider, you know, you go to like Home Depot sometimes and it'll cost you like 200 bucks to rent tools for the weekend. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so we have like, we have a lot of hardware tools. We've got, you know, tile cutters and reciprocating saws and uh, brad nailers and air compressors and, you know, all those, that kind of stuff that I actually don't know anything about. <laughs> and then uh, we've got like the the fun stuff, the craft things and the kitchen stuff. And we have like noodle makers and tomato press stuff and really cool. Like, oh, we have tons of dehydrators. Just like it, it really gives you the chance to be really funky in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah that's really you guys cool. got sausage grinders? Yeah, we have meat grinders and stuff. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I was going to say too. I'm. I think I'm. I'm planning to redo some of the floors in my house. So uh, 
Maybe I will get a membership and, and rent some of those tools you were talking about. I mean, for 40 bucks a year, shame That's on pretty, us. Yeah. Shame, shame. I've, um, I'm not a handy person, straight up. I, uh, I should be, because I keep trying to do things that require me to be handy. But having the, the tool library has made it so I can, like, fake it you know (laughs) so that's all I need and then I get you said you were handy what kind of handy what do you do um well actually when we acquired like when we our lease began we renovated a bit well it was a lot of cosmetic stuff that we did at the shop thankfully we didn't it was set up quite well that we didn't have to do a lot of construction type um jobs but we I've reupholstered the benches in the restaurant um just hanging up a lot of, like, for example, our menus. I don't know if you remember, but they're on um, some brackets on mm-hmm. essentially like a metal dowel with with the craft roll paper so that we can change it and keep it current. And we we made those. Built a table. Yeah, built wow. A table. Some, yeah. That menu idea is actually so cool. Uh, the first time I walked in, I was kind of blown away by that. Yeah, we want to do something a little different. We we debated chalkboards, but we both don't like writing on chalkboards, and I'm left-handed, so <laughs> I essentially erase everything I write. Uh, and so I think it was Julie just saw something somewhere similar or thought about it, and, and we saw a couple places that sold things like that, and we thought, no, let's just, we can try and make it ourselves. And uh, it seems to be working. The menus are still up there, so we'll see <laughs> how long they stay yeah. up. But yeah, we're, we're both pretty handy. I mean, we're both Jill, pretty Jill's, yeah, Jill said uh, that I was handy, but she's as, as well and very innovative, I would say. And, and we try, we like learning things and, and doing things for ourselves. So there was a lot of that when we took over the space. A lot of big crafting. Yeah. And, yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's the, I think the entire like tool library spirit of, well, (laughs) something kind of exists out there that I want, but I could also just do that myself. Yeah. And that's like, reupholstering is not easy. So kudos to you on that. Oh, thank you. Hopefully (laughs) one day you can come and then sit on these cushy cushions. We're sitting on them right now. (laughs) Yeah, I would love, I haven't been able to. (laughs) Another collab we did with, with a Guelph company that I think would be worth highlighting. It's this company called Guelph Box. It was started by two university students that were away for school, or I think the one girl was going away for travel, and they were forced to come back. And they decided just to take it upon themselves to create this thing called Guelph Box, which is just a box of local, filled with local goodies from um, local restaurant, or not, not all restaurants, but local businesses and they offer delivery every every week and every week in the box it's different businesses that they do and, and we were able to um, work with them and get uh, most a, a bulk amount of our really, really hot sauce that we manufactured uh, last year or last mm-hmm. summer. Yeah, so we were able to get a good chunk of those out to the community through them and that was a really fun project to work with them and they were a dream to work with and really. they do subscriptions yes oh, sorry yeah. They were, yeah they were great to work with and they they do a different subscription i guess every week so they only had i think for us it was 224 that they uh and that was their max at the time but i did see that they're now doing like home boxes as well yes. so they're home comfort boxes yeah. so they're really oh, cool be cool stuff um staying pretty innovative within uh this time to be creative and different yeah, and they made that specifically for COVID then, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think there's there's a few other companies doing stuff like that too, that it's just to support other 
other local businesses. So kind of going back to the community over competition, it's really nice to see how innovative and creative people have been during this time and you're kind of forced to do it. And so it's fun to see what people can come up with. And even the, the artist, um, she's a tattoo artist who did our lemon logo. She as well, I mean, obviously can't be working now, but she's been able to expand and kind of make coloring sheets for herself to sell to people. And then we worked with her as well um, with our launch for Foodie Friday with Royal City Brewery. And she um, made an instructional how to wrap a panini um, coloring sheet for us that we're going to include um, this week for those panini kits that are going out with the beer. Um, and so it's, it's amazing to see different people like her participating with different different giveaways and um, just expanding different things. I think she's selling prints and working with other artists to, uh, yeah, just stay stay afloat. Yeah, I mean, the... I love that the first instinct for it seems like everybody is to reach out and connect and and share those innovative ideals. You know, please be a part of this so that you can have support too. Yeah, yeah, we've gotten a lot of emails from a lot of uh, owners, business owners in downtown for that reason. Just trying to get everybody together and and come up with a creative solution for what we're all going through, or even just, I think, for mental health as well, like kind of connecting with people that are going through the same thing that we are. Having the tool library has been great for that because it's just like, you know, um, we have our live streams and our craft nights and stuff, and it's just sort of a check-in that everyone else is here, we're going through it the same way. You know? Yeah, there's nobody that hasn't been touched or affected by it, all the uncertainties of it. and not being able to plan anything especially personally or professionally i think you know we're all especially as canadians so used to staying busy and it's it's just it's just crazy to look at your agenda and say okay i have nothing because i can't <laughs> i was just i was reading um i was reading about the spanish flu in like the 1910s and yeah. um they were saying that after after everything died down and and this the the flu sort of passed that people didn't start going outside with any sort of regularly for like four yeah. years four years wow yeah pretty nuts yeah. yeah flu is that i mean that that was bigger than the coronavirus hopefully yeah it stays bigger yeah. i would and hopefully we're more more uh, well we are more developed and have better medicine i would say so hopefully that will have some sort of impact but i was listening to something on the news and it was along the same lines like we can reopen as much as we want but there are still going to be people who are going to be afraid to be outside and and like rightfully so it is it's some scary stuff and you want to mm -hmm. be safe and yeah it's it's hard it is yeah i mean yeah it'll be interesting to see what it's like after all of this i've chatted with a couple of people that said like i'm sure there are some measures that have been put in place because of COVID that will stick around after. Oh, I think it, there would have to be. I mean, even, yeah, within the tool library structure, we mm -hmm. were already thinking about after this and it's it's changing a lot, not mm -hmm. only for Guelph, but like the international ones. Crazy uncertain times that we, we haven't experienced as a collective community mm -hmm. in a long time. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> no, yeah. it is really nice to see how Canada is how well Canada is working together to try and like mitigate some of the, the effects of, of COVID. But uh, yeah, it is still scary and uncertain and 
There is, you know, the light of, and it, it, it's shown up already so much that I'm almost not super worried. You know, I, I really, really, really feel like it'll bounce back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And all, like for the most part, the customers that are coming into the shop are always asking about us and how we're doing. And yeah, it's the, the, yeah, the community there is, I mean, that that's, I think, kind of the core, the core base of what wealth is. And that's so beautiful. And and Canadians in general, too. I think we're just, we want to help other people and we don't want to see people suffer. Nobody wants to see people suffer. I mm-hmm. hope there's, uh, it's just nice to know people, people care. We have to get through together. We have to. Yeah, absolutely. There's really no other choice. Are we going to do it alone? <laughs> All by myself. <laughs> I hope don't not. Wanna be. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, we're going from talking to you, and then in 10 minutes, we're talking to our business consultant, and just going crazy over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that might be all the questions that I've got for you. Thanks for taking the time for us. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. It was honestly a joy to talk to you guys. Aww, yeah, really nice to yeah. Uh, good luck with your business meeting. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Bye Teresa. Bye. I think this interview really showed how integral the involvement of small businesses is to the sharing economy. We really need more small businesses like Press for Time Panini, and Press for Time is definitely not the only one in Guelph. There are so many others that are really answering that call. In your own lives, I really encourage you, you know, if you're going to be relying on restaurants while they are open as essential services, really be supporting the ones that need it most. McDonald's does not really need your money. And that means, you know, calling them directly and going and picking up your order when you can so that these small business owners are getting as much of the profit of their own merchandise as as they deserve. Uber and Skip the Dishes and DoorDash, you know, they take such a huge profit margin and charge you all of those fees and charge restaurants all those fees and, and small businesses, a lot of them barely break even with Uber. When you are physically able to go to them and order from them directly and pick up from them so that they are seeing the profits of your order. That's really the the best way that you can support them right now. You know, if you're under isolation or you're worried about restaurants or really just not interested in eating out right now, there are lots of other ways that you can support businesses. You can be buying gift cards from them. Outside of restaurants, we heard a little bit about projects like Guelph Box, and I know Guelph isn't the only place that's starting programs like that during COVID. I know a lot of a lot of towns and a lot of cities are starting up delivery boxes of, of goods from local businesses. And so that's the best way. That is the best way that you can support businesses that are supporting your community. If you can't monetarily support small businesses right now, you can always interact with them. You can always let them know that you'll be there when this is over. And buy some really, really hot sauce from Press for Time Paninis and uh, maybe order some local beer kits. And uh, make sure you turn in to our next episode.